This is Reawakened, conversations with and for women in transition with Vari Longmuir and Jade McKenzie. As women in our 30s have experienced transition in different forms, we realised there was a lack of open, honest conversation around what can be a lonely and delicate time. Our hope for this podcast is that it will be the medicine you need to navigate whatever you are going through with courage, grace and a little humour along the way. Welcome to episode one of Reawakened Women with Jade and Vay. So today we're talking about relationships and separation. So we sound pretty happy, but it is a serious topic. So if there are tears, well, feel free to join in with your box of Kleenex. (laughs) It's quite complex, but I think we should get started with who we are and how we got here and essentially get to know each other a little more seeing as we're going to be so intimate with one another so Vari would you like to start sure so hi guys my name is Vari Longmuir I'm so excited to jump into this conversation I think it's something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while and not really knowing what platform to use and this just came about so synchronistically which was so lovely so yeah, my background, to give you a little bit on me, I am a graphic designer and illustrator. I live in Melbourne with my two little boys who are eight and six. And I separated from my husband about 18 months ago now. So this last couple of years, probably two and a half years, has been one of huge transition for me personally. And I'm just excited to talk about this, I think, with other women, because what I found was there were conversations that I wanted to have, but didn't necessarily want to have them with people that were really close to me. I felt like I needed a little bit of space between them or to hear conversations from other women that were going through similar feelings to what I was going through at the time and I just didn't really have that. I was lucky to have such amazing girlfriends around me to really help navigate that time but I think to be able to hear stories of people who are living it at the time who are going through it I think is just really comforting and that's what I hope that we are going to be able to do with this podcast is give a little bit of comfort um, and show that these periods of transition can be navigated with a little bit of grace and also a little bit of humor as well because like you said it's it's big serious subjects that we're going to be talking about and big things we're dealing with but a little bit of humor goes a hell of a long way to just making you feel a little bit more human in all of it so yeah I'm excited to get into it yay Mm. I could just listen to you talk all day (laughs) because of the accent and then you hear my like chipmunk bogan Aussie voice (laughs) it's just not as exotic (laughs) I don't know if Scottish is exotic but I'll take it (laughs) um but with my story so when Vari and I caught up it was only a few weeks ago now yeah I don't know I have no sense of time anymore but we realized in this really natural and organic way that both of our lives kind of were running in parallel universes Mm. and so I manage event head which is an international events agency I have a daughter who's five years old and at the end of last year I separated from my husband 
And a big thing for me was that it wasn't so much that something huge had happened and that we had a big blow up or lots of big fights or something really massive happened. It just kind of felt like our relationship was coming to a natural conclusion. And I had initiated the separation and even just doing that brought up so many mixed feelings because you don't Mm. hear of women saying this is not enough for me anymore Mm. and getting up and walking away you always hear about like a man sleeping with the secretary and running off or Mm. doing something like that and upheaving upheaving yeah yeah, you know <laughs> like, what you mean. <laughs> I was I'm like up leveling, up heaving. Yeah, it just it wasn't that dramatic, and so mm. I was questioning myself so much. And when I caught up with Vari, we just had all of these stories to share, and these synchronicities, and these moments that we had both lived, and yet we didn't know that other people kind of went through that because it's just not I guess quote unquote the normal thing to do yeah definitely so navigating this has been quite overwhelming and strange and I think that's why we're both so passionate about bringing this to a wider audience because we need to have these conversations to say it's okay Mm. to make a choice and to live a life that makes you happy even if that does mean the end of something that was once beautiful and amazing yeah but has come to an end Mm, absolutely and just as you were talking there it reminded me um of a quote from esther perel the relationship coach and she said we used to leave marriages because they were bad and now we leave them because they could be better and I think that's, that's such a change in our generation now. I think that generations of women before us, I know even my mum's generation of what it was to be a wife and a mother is so different to what we see it to be now, you know. And it was if you were in a safe relationship and, you know, the your partner went out to work and provided for you and for the children and you had a house and you were able to go on a nice holiday then that's what it was to be in a successful marriage and I think now our generation of women are are saying no that's not enough you know and I think it's really conflicting to choose something different when it's not terrible yeah you know and that and the resistance that comes up internally with thinking well if this is not enough then what will be enough, you know, and and feeling like you're almost wanting too much for yourself sometimes. But then on the other hand, knowing that you can't continue in the place that you're at. It's a place where you feel you're being pulled between two two different directions, I've found. And, And sometimes the easiest thing to do is just stay in the middle and bury your head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. But there is that knowing that you're going to have to make a decision. And I think it's at that point that you feel the bigness of it. Mm. That's definitely how I felt. It was a massive decision, but one, you know, one that would change so many people's lives. That feeling of selfishness of, well, just because it's not enough for me, you know, should I be uh, thinking more about other people than just about myself? I think that was something that I felt conflicted about whilst I was in the middle of it. 
So glad you brought that up because that's so true. And that quote, oh my God, you said it and my heart just went, yeah, (gasps) right in there. It's a big (laughs) one, right? It is. And it's so true because, and this is a conversation I had with girlfriends who reminded me that there doesn't necessarily have to be anything so bad. Like somebody doesn't have to be abusive or like a terrible person Mm. for you to want to leave. Yeah. And at any point in your life, you always have a choice. And yes, it is, it's hard. It's messy. It's not nice. We don't take these decisions lightly and Mm. there is so much to and fro but i think you gotta have your sliding doors moment right Mm, mm. (laughs) absolutely so i'm interested in i guess this transition period because everyone who's been in a relationship knows you don't just wake up one day and go okay i don't want to be with you anymore bye Mm, yeah (laughs) there's a lot of build-up and we all know that marriages and relationships uh take a lot of work yeah and you always have to make the choice as to whether you stay and fight or you get up and leave yeah and i think reawakened women for me is about reawakening all those beautiful layers of yourself so you feel like a whole and loved person and Mm. doesn't have to be loved by everyone else but loved by yourself and I think as women, we tend to bury our own passions and the things that we love so that we can help other people with what their passions and what they love. Yeah, definitely. And um, I found that I buried a lot. It was like, oh, okay, get a new job, bury a piece of myself. I'm in a relationship. I want him to be happy, bury another piece of myself, have a child, bury half of myself (laughs) (laughs) and before i knew it i was probably just a head in the dirt so yeah the rest of my body was six (laughs) feet under (laughs) and so i kind of felt like there was these flickers these people in my life or these experiences in my life in the last 18 months to two years where i was like oh I remember how good that feels. Yeah. I want more of that in my life again and I don't have space. Yeah. I can't find time. I'm so busy. I hate the word busy, but I'm so busy doing everything else and it's not like I'm being a martyr. I'm just trying to live my day-to-day life. Yeah. And so for me, when I got those flickers, that was the start of me being reawakened and transitioning And so I do want to talk about our separations and how that came to be. But I'd really love to know when you started feeling, I guess, reawakened Mm. and how that kind of led you into making that decision or becoming aware, I Mm. think, that potentially this relationship that you had was not enough anymore for you. Yeah. Yeah. So to give you a little bit of background on our relationship. So I met my ex-husband when I was 18. So I was just a baby and thinking about it now, you know nothing about yourself at 18, you know, and I thought I knew everything because I had finished school in Glasgow. I'd gone off to New York for a year, lived there, came back, 
thinking, yep, I know everything that's going on in the world. Um, <laughs> got this life thing down. And then, yeah, met my, my husband um, in a pub that I worked in um, before I started uni. And so we just quickly fell into this this nice little routine. He was a little bit older than me. He was 26 at the time. Um, and so we just fell into this really kind of 2.4 children, Stepford wife routine, which was what I needed at the time. I felt very ungrounded at the time. Um, I needed that that routine and that rhythm definitely at that time of not knowing where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Um, in a nutshell, we met when I was 18, moved in with him at 19, got engaged at 21, uh, got married at 22, moved to Australia at 23, had my first kid at 25. God. Um, started my business at 25 that same year, had my next kid at 28. So it was like tick, 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 tick. And it sounds like a really silly thing to say, but by the time I was 30, I had everything that I thought I'd ever wanted, which is a strange feeling. But I think that I, I went into marriage not fully conscious of what marriage was. It was more, this is, this is the norm, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. It was very much the model of my parents' relationship and my husband's parents' relationship. A lot of my friends' parents were still together. Um, and even though I was really ambitious in my career and wanted to travel and wanted to have my own business, I was very traditional and backward and not even in the thinking because that was it. I didn't really even think about it. It was just, this is what you do. This is how you go through the motions. You meet a nice guy, you settle down, you get married, you have the kids, you have the nice house and the nice car and the nice holidays and you know all that material stuff that we know doesn't actually make us happy but at 31 years old I was sitting in a beautiful big beach house with the car in the driveway and the amazing holidays and the two beautiful children and and the husband that went out to work and was a provider and had a a business that was doing well and and it wasn't enough it wasn't enough because I realized that I'd so blindly gone down that path I hadn't really stopped to consider what are my other options? Do I want to be married? Do I want to have children at this age? You know, it was just, they were things that I decided at the time, but I don't think I gave it enough self-inquiry. It goes without saying that I obviously would never change anything that's happened and, and everything has played out beautifully as it will continue to. But I think I wasn't aware of myself to make decisions from a real introspective place I think and so I'd say that reawakening really happened for me around the time when my dad passed away and you know with a lot of the reading that I've done into separation and and relationship breakdowns that's a real catalyst for that change when someone close to you passes away and my dad had been sick for a little while so it wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of trauma attached to it you know it was something that as a family we knew was going to happen but it was a real moment of reflection for me to say this you're kind of faced with that mortality of things can change very quickly and is this how I want to spend the rest of my life on the day that my dad passed away one of my best friends was diagnosed with breast cancer and she passed away a few years later as well. And so I think even more so than my dad, I think Claire's passing was a huge 
point for me to really stop and reassess is this how I want to spend the rest of my life. With Claire, she had been diagnosed and she'd gone through treatment and was doing really well and we'd celebrated her birthday at our house and had had an amazing time. And then a few weeks later, we caught up on Skype just for a chit chat. You know, she worked at home as well. And so we would often have these Skype lunch dates with each other to feel like we had some kind of human contact in our days. And she'd had a bit of back pain and she'd gone to the doctor and yeah, the cancer had spread down her spine and, and she was gone six weeks later. And it was so, it was so confronting and it really made me stop and, and reassess, like, is, am I living my best life? Is this what I want to be doing? And the answer was no. It took me a long time to be able to, to admit that to myself and, and then to be able to say that to, to other people and people mm. who it would deeply affect. But the life I was leading wasn't my best life. And, and I knew that for me and I knew that that would have an impact on my children and also out of respect for my, for my husband at the time that this isn't where I want to be. It's unfair on him as well. And I think it, it really had that knock on effect. So those were the big moments for me that really kind of made me step back and, and reassess. And it took a long time to then be able to say that out loud. But those were definitely the moments that made me stop and stop and think about where I was at and the choices I'd made and what I wanted to do with my life going forward. Mm. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. It's, when you look back on it, you can kind of, in hindsight, such a beautiful thing, but to be able to see those points, I think it's mm. all as part of the story and, and I'm thankful for all of it. Yeah. Mm. So what about for you? Like, What's your backstory and what was your point? Do you have one or two points that really unexpectedly made you stand back? think about where you were at and where you were going I don't know (laughs) I kind of I'm so the person who makes very firm decisions major decisions but then life happens to me Mm. you know Mm. I don't get involved in the nitty-gritty of my life that sounds so strange but I'll make a big decision and then whatever happens from that I just deal with it Mm. and so Looking back, I don't feel like there were huge, I guess, turning points for me. It was more a culmination of little things. And, I mean, with your story with your dad and and Claire, yeah, yeah, I mean, that would make anybody reassess what is happening in their life. It's such a, a traumatic thing to go through, whether somebody was sick beforehand or not. Mm. It's, um, it's always hard to say goodbye to the people you love. And for me, I kind of feel like my story is very different to that. Mm. So I have always had this urge to build. <laughs> build business, take over the world, try and save the world. I'm never, I'm never quite where I want to be. But since having Cerise and starting Event Head, I mean, it's been a journey. It's been an adventure. And it's been a huge exercise in personal development. Mm. And so I always had this feeling, always had this feeling, and I could never articulate it because I just wanted to feel like I was at home in my work Mm. and I tried that in a nursing home and they all die (laughs) so terrible I mean (laughs) and they just kept dying and I was so sad and so I was like I need to get an office job this is this is not good for me emotionally and so 
I went and I got a traineeship in finance. I worked in the same financial services firm for seven years and I worked my way up from reception and being a trainee into becoming a qualified para planner. <sighs> it just didn't light me up, you know, the mm-hmm. whole time. I was like, I, I want to build websites. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it was very expensive back then because I am old and <laughs> we did not even have Facebook then. <laughs> so, <laughs> the world before Facebook. It wow. was so different. No WordPress, no Squarespace. What is this universe? I don't know. Uh, but I always had these grand visions. And then I worked with entrepreneurs and in venture capital. And it was horrible. It taught, taught me everything I don't want to be in life. Yeah. Which was great because mm. I think you need to know the things you don't want as much as the things you do want. Oh, absolutely. That contrast, right? Yes. Of like, yep, I don't want that. So I want more of that. Like it, yes. it helps you learn what you want more of, right? It's, it just makes it so much clearer. Mm, absolutely. And then I managed a cancer charity for three years. And... Although they weren't people, the members of the cancer charity, although they weren't people that I had grown up with or they weren't in my family, we became very close. And we supported 18 to 40-year-olds with cancer. So Mm -hmm. we were dealing with people our age facing their mortality and helping them and their families through these really confronting situations and we gave psychosocial support but we worked alongside you know medical professionals and other industry organizations and had various programs and I I just went to and I'm probably gonna cry now just so you know Vari (laughs) but I just I went to too many funerals Mm, yeah I just said goodbye too much and it was it was hard and on one hand it does make you love even harder mm. and become even more grateful for what you have and then it does make you realize what's important to you at the same time it's just so confronting because if you're thinking about well how am i going to live the rest of my life it's never just an easy yes, no, this feels good or that will happen and that will happen in this exact formula. It's life. It's so messy. Yeah. And so I became pregnant and I was hiding my pregnancy from the members because I didn't want to celebrate something that I had always wanted my whole life. I knew I wanted to be a mum, but I couldn't tell them Mm. because... They couldn't have children. They didn't know if they would be alive. And for me to show up with a baby bump, with especially with women my age who thought they'd be pregnant or they wanted to have children, like how could I do that yeah. to them? And yeah. so I feel like in terms of me finally taking a plunge into doing what I want... I, it sounds so counterintuitive, but I, I knew I would have my own business. So when I was pregnant, I went on maternity leave and then I didn't come back and I built up Event Head because for me, the most precious memories from that time was the meaningful moments. Mm. And that's what I've built my whole business on. Emotion. Mm. 
And for some people, they see events. Uh, For me, it was moments of connection. It was pockets of time that you spend with people you love. It was about being empowered, informed, walking out of a room and saying, I feel so different to the person who walked in or being able to share that time with the people you love. And so as my business grew, I found that feeling of home because uh, I had gone through so much shit stuff in yeah. my other jobs. I was finally building something for myself that felt so good. And it was in the last couple of years where I found that what I was building consciously was so different to what I was experiencing at home. And so this is not something where I feel anyone is at fault or to blame. And I only ever wish my former husband happiness. That's why we decided to separate. I was like, we were not happy. Because Mm. I would go from this business where I was surrounded by people who just made me feel so fucking good. Mm. Like so loved, cherished, adored, safe. Um, where I could give to them and they could give to me equally. Yeah. It was just my business is so beautiful to me and I would come home and I would feel claustrophobic mm. and he would worry about things that I didn't want to worry about or that mm. I didn't feel were important because when you are, you know, when you have worked with people who are facing their mortality, where you are building up a business which is so linked to your personal passions, your life purpose, mm. you know, like something small like an electricity bill, it doesn't matter, like you'll figure it out. Mm. And so for me, it was all these little things where I just started to feel this disconnect and this life that I love so much, it was only showing up for me outside of my home yeah and so when home doesn't feel like home anymore I was like Mm. this isn't right yeah and marriage is up and down you will always fight for it um and we had been through so much before but we both stopped fighting yeah I think there's that kind of natural ending Mm. to relationships whether they're marriages or friendships or Mm. business partnerships you know sometimes there is just that natural coming to an end did you feel with your ex did you feel that when you guys got together and met you were in the same place and then you drifted apart or was there always this kind of misalignment that the idea of opposites attracts was that the start of your relationship or, or were you more similar at the start yeah, we were always chalk and cheese. Mm. Always. And I love that. I love opposites in my friendships, in my relationships, mm. in my family. I can't stand myself. I don't want to marry myself. Do <laughs> you know how annoying I am? God, I couldn't deal with it. I'd be like, mate, settle down. <laughs> I think it's so funny, though, because I think that opposites do attract because I think mm. you find you find something really attractive and, yes. and the opposite of you and it's so funny because what you often fall in love with in the beginning is, is the thing that drives you insane towards the end you know <laughs> <laughs> I think opposites can definitely attract and there's that spark and that chemistry but I think if on that kind of deep really basic level of what's important to you and what your values are and what is important in life to you I think if you're not aligned with them 
it can make for a difficult future together and quite unsustainable in a relationship. And for me, certainly my ex-partner was someone who went off to work and enjoyed the routine of life and, and enjoyed a quiet, smaller life and enjoyed knowing what was coming up next. And by no means are those bad qualities. But for me, I was someone who was more spontaneous and wanted to travel and expected things and, and to be surprised by things. And um, and that's certainly how I always imagined my life to be. And I felt like I was trying to fit a square peg in a circular hole. It was like this, am I dragging you along or am I lifting you up? I was never quite sure that we would say, he would say he wanted to travel and things like that. But then I felt I was always the one kind of championing those things and there was this just this sense of kind of button heads with one another you know of of saying we want the same things but we're not really getting anywhere here you know and just and there was that kind of natural closure as well for me and I love when you said that there was this feeling of like claustrophobia at home because certainly for me when I was faced with right look I have to make a decision here do I stay in my marriage or do I choose to leave and for me it was the idea of Though there were two doors in front of me, one door opened, and there were a hundred different paths that went from that door, and it was confronting and overwhelming, and the idea of not knowing where you're going to go if you step through that door, and then on the other side, it was literally just this brick wall mm. in front of the door, and I could have told you exactly what my life would have looked like in five years, ten years, twenty years, had I taken that option. And as overwhelming as the hundred options through door one felt, there was this little bubble of excitement. There was this idea that there were options over there and and there was free choice over there. And I guess, you know, it's, it's all in how you perceive it. But for me, I had to take that option. It was unknown and it was scary. But for me, it was just fear that would make me choose the other option. That mm-hmm. fear of the unknown and so yeah it's fucking terrifying to step through that door and not know what's ahead but I kind of trusted myself a little bit more than I probably had in the past yeah that's amazing Mm. and there's when you said um you didn't know if you were lifting him up or dragging him Mm. my husband ex what do you call we had this Vary and I had this conversation we're like what do we call them? Because neither of us were are divorced. No. No. Well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not either. <laughs> we're separated. We're not divorced. We don't have any other husbands. Uh, and I, I struggle with what to call him because he's still ever present in our lives. Uh, I so think we, we need to, to like keep... workshop this one. Like, what what do we call them? Because like I know I struggle because you know he's my yes we're not divorced but we're separated um but I want to call him my ex-husband because he's not my active husband yeah (laughs) is that a phrase um and then I also don't want to just refer to him as my kid's dad because I feel like that you know is is disrespectful towards him because he's so much more (laughs) (laughs) he's so much more than just you know the father of my two kids and um you know we have a really great co-parent relationship um I have another partner now and between the three adults we navigate this pretty well you know for it being unknown territory for for all of us but yeah I don't know what you call them 
I mean, I'm just going to say ex-husband at the moment, yeah. but like, <laughs> we might find a phrase as this develops. Yeah. So just write in and tell us what you call yeah. <laughs> your ex-partners who you still happen to be married to but are separated from and will potentially divorce in the future. So, <laughs> But it, it is so much about alignment, isn't it? Mm. Because you only ever want to support people and... Uh, my ex is always, was always so supportive of me, such a cheerleader. You know, that's great. Good on you, babe. Well done. I'm so proud of you. But when you can't share that with someone, and that was the biggest thing for me, I just felt like I wasn't sharing it mm. head to head. It was me experiencing something with him observing. Yeah, yeah. And I want somebody who wants to grow with me I don't mind like the nine-to-five grind or um, being happy in a job obviously you and I are not wired that way we're free spirits we Mm. we call in adventure and that's okay to be partnered with people who love routine and love safety and um, financial security but I think if they're not personally growing on an emotional level or mm. seeking out things that challenge them in different ways or allow you to share in other parts of their life that they're passionate about, yeah. other than the children perhaps, yeah. then that can be so detrimental. And that's definitely what it was in my relationship because I want to feel like a partner. Mm. I don't want to feel like... I'm looking after someone. Yeah, yeah. You know, or having to always look out for them because they're not quite where I'm at. And, of course, you can do that for a limited period of time. But for me, this has happened over seven years in our 13-year relationship. Mm, so yeah. it's it comes to a, a point where you, you just realise you can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's, killing your soul and it's not like it was with our parents generation potentially where it was so much shame attached to that yeah or you don't speak you when you separate you're separated that's it yeah you talk to each other it's only the children do it for the children yeah it's it, it you can still have a friendship and that's what i'm working towards and God, it's messy. Like, yeah. We neither of us pretend God, that this is easy. No. I've cried so many tears. I'm just wondering why I haven't lost more weight. <laughs> For what? I'm like water weight. Surely I've cried so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that the idea of this is a new dynamic of relationships that we find ourselves in. That there's not that same shame around, you know women who choose to to co-parent with with their ex-partner you know Mm. and you know again down to labels like I I never have used the phrase single mother because I never feel like a single mother like I feel you know if anything I feel our parenting duties are are more equally divided now than they ever were before and so yeah I feel so lucky to be able to have a friendship with my ex-partner and to be able to show that to our kids I think is the most important thing you know that we we're respectful towards one another. You know, there's no bad mouth and dad at this house or mum at dad's house. It's, 
it's so respectful and I think there's times where late at night or three o'clock in the morning as I lie in bed wondering am I fucking my kids up irreversibly Mm. by doing this am I being selfish am I putting myself before them is this the right thing and I think we've all anyone who's separated has had those thoughts and you know that you are doing the right thing because you can't make decisions based on them that aren't right for you because it's never going to be right for them in the long run but I feel so lucky that we're able to show our boys such a beautiful example of what it is to navigate this change and transition in a really respectful, loving way and be able to to communicate. And I think it's really lovely and and it's really normal that they see mum and dad getting along. And I think that feels like a richer childhood for them than living in a house where there's two parents going off in different directions, you know, and there's not that same love and support as what they're experiencing now. So, yeah, it's definitely a different dynamic from the family that I grew up in and, you know, a lot of my friends growing up were in. But I feel that it's it's a really beautiful lesson for them. Yeah. Mm. It's so true, though. I think we really need more examples like that because that's yeah. what I struggled with, I looked around and, of course, you're always going to be sad at the conclusion of any relationship, but I just, I couldn't find examples, really, of women and men, especially who had children, who were still okay, Mm. you Mm. know? And for me, I'm friends with all of my exes, and... I think you loved them at one point, right? Yeah. So (laughs) there's obviously something Mm. in them Mm -hmm. that made them so attractive to you or that you spent so much time with and you loved and relied and trusted on them and shared your darkest, deepest secrets and vice versa. And it's really difficult to find examples, I guess, of women like us. Mm. So I think... It's really good. I would encourage anyone to have these open conversations with your girlfriends or your family or anyone who is interested in your well-being Mm. in a really positive way if you're going through a transition because, yes, it's hard and it's messy, but it's it's not always bad, I think. There's still so much positivity that can come out of it and you don't know who you could be such a great example for yeah in the future yeah there weren't a lot of people in my life that had kids of my age of my kids age and were going through Mm. similar things but you know you take to instagram and try and find anyone that you can and you know there was a few people that i'd be like this is someone who's roughly my age who's got some kids who is separated who their life didn't fall apart and I think just to have any kind of not role model because that's not the the right phrase but someone to show you that it can be okay that you're going to be okay in this and that everyone's life including your own won't fall apart that this might be difficult but you can you can get through it with a little bit of comfort along the way from those people knowing that they've traveled this path too and I think that's so valuable for people who feel really lonely. Because I know there was things that I was not even able to say aloud to myself, let alone to anyone else. So just to hear other people talking about it, 
it's kind of the medicine you need sometimes just to know that other people are doing this too and they're okay yeah Mm. absolutely and I think we also forget that people see you I know that sounds so silly I have a hard time explaining this to people but we get caught up in our own heads right because we're us (laughs) (laughs) they're our thoughts and I feel like at times we forget that other people see what we're going through and that things are quite obvious to them and we think we haven't told them yet. Oh, God, but they yeah. they know. They already know because they're like, oh, Vari, I know you, you know? Yeah. And I remember I had a conversation with my dad and I told him about what happened with our separation and he said to me, you must have fought really really hard before you made this decision oh what a beautiful thing to hear i know that's just the medicine for your soul in that moment it was and i had forgotten because i don't talk to my family every day i don't call my dad every day Mm. we see each other but we're not super close on a daily manner but i i always feel like with my family, I, I feel like I can hide. I can be visible, you know? Yeah. They only know when I tell them. <laughs> it's usually about work or New Zealand or New York <laughs> or something with new in the title, which is overseas. <laughs> and I forgot how much he knows me as a person. Mm. And for him to say that, it summed up everything because it was like, oh, my gosh. He, he knows. I don't yeah. have to tell him anything. And he knows that over the last however many years, I would have done everything. And I did. I did everything I could uh, before making this decision. Mm. And so to feel seen in that way. Yeah, that's really beautiful. yeah, Yeah, without you feeling like you have to justify your decisions. Yeah, yeah. As we've spoken about before, I had the opposite. situation with my family my mum in particular had a really hard time with the decision that I had come to and and our relationship was not in a good place for a really long time because of that and me feeling the need to try and convince her of my decision and you know it all comes from a place of love she was concerned about the boys and about me and also about my ex and and obviously my mum's my mum lives in Glasgow she's on the other side of the world my two boys are her only grandkids so her extended family are all on the other side of the world so I think it was a real worry for her but I know that she was processing a lot of her own stuff which I'm sure we'll go into in future episodes but for me that was one of the actually the hardest things to deal with in the separation was this pushback from my family feeling that they didn't really understand me or my decision or or not even understand that we just respect it and to know that it's not a decision that's made lightly that's the kind of feeling I got from them which was really difficult for me and for my ex-partner as well it was the one thing that we kind of came together over was how unsupportive our families had been in all of this but we're so lucky that even though we were separating we were able to be supportive of one another which sounds like a you know a crazy thing but I feel so lucky that that was the reality because otherwise you hadn't it been for girlfriends and stuff, we we would have been in a very different place. And I know that I wouldn't have been able to navigate it in the way that I did. But yeah, family's reactions can be a really, 
a really difficult thing and, and even just friends and family you know we spoke earlier about it about how you get unexpected reactions from both ends of the spectrum of mutual friends and both sides of the family and there's a lot of people affected by it and a lot of people who bring their own stuff to it and mm. it can be hard to kind of distance yourself from that sometimes and remember the reason why you made the decision in the first place yeah it's a tricky one and I think the more we have these conversations in a supportive way the stronger we will feel when it comes to dealing with those tricky situations mm. or shielding ourselves from a bit of that pain until we're ready yeah, you know and that's not it. buying into a potential tug of war mm. emotionally you're already tired you're so tired that's exactly that's why we're here yeah and it's given me so much more compassion for people who who do come to me and say I've made this big decision whether it's to leave a relationship or to move to the other side of the world or to leave their job I think now having had the experience that I had, I know if they're at the point they're saying this out loud, they have been dealing with this for a really long time if they're now at that place. And if they're ready to say it out loud, they don't need us to question it. They just need us to stand next to them, you know, and be that support for them. And and I think I've always known that, but I think even more so now, I know that that's what that person needs in that moment. They don't need any kind of tough love or any kind of questioning of it if they're ready to say it out loud then they've already made the decision and they don't need us to question it yeah that's Mm. perfect I think that's a beautiful way to end this episode and obviously we talked about so much and we laugh because we could literally have one eight hour (laughs) podcast episode (laughs) so much more we want to say I'll just make it into like a conference (laughs) podcast yes you're locked in for two days but if you've enjoyed listening to this if there's anything that's really resonated with you or struck you in an emotional way uh, that potentially you would like to keep discussing with us or you'd like to hear more about in a future episode please comment or hop on to our instagram reawakened underscore women to let us know what you thought send us an email at hello at reawakenedwomen.com but most importantly if you did enjoy this head on over to reawakened.com, reawakenedwomen.com and subscribe so you can listen along with every new release of our podcast episodes every week because this is a conversation that we want you to be part of. I think it's not just Vari and I sitting on the couch with a cup of tea spilling our secrets this is really a broader conversation that i think is ever evolving especially now in 2018 and Mm. looking at the future of relationships female empowerment equality and what it is to be a woman so we'd really love for you to come on this journey with us and tell us what you have taken away from this yeah definitely Jade and I have the first series mapped out of things that we want to talk about selfishly, personally, things that we (laughs) want to get off our chest. But as Jade said, we want this to be a conversation. We want to 
be able to open this up. If there's things that you would like us to talk more about or go into more detail about, then yeah, jump over to Instagram or drop us an email. All the contact details are on the website at reawakenedwomen.com. And yeah, let us know. We want to make sure this is as useful and as valuable to you as it is for us. So we would love to hear from you. It's like free therapy. (laughs) Okay, so episode number two, Renewed Self-Confidence, is going to happen next week. We look forward to talking to you then. Bye, beauties. Bye.